Welcome back to an episode of the Draft Lounge presented by Lounge Room Net, our brand new home. We want to thank them for being partners with us. I'm your host, Jake. You can follow me on Twitter at JakePerry34. I'm here with my co-host, AJ. You can follow him on Twitter at AJDesai4. AJ, I don't know about you, man, but I hate slow internet and I hate paying too damn much for it. Don't you? Yeah, man, I hate that stuff. I mean, that fiber optic stuff seems like a scam to me these days. Well, all I can tell you is our brand new sponsor, One Call Tech, can be a great resource if you want to try and lower that build down, get some high-speed internet. They have a great team over there. Um, if you guys have any you know, interest in increasing your internet speeds, maybe even lowering your bill, um, they took my bill and ran some analytics and boom, saved me about 20% there. So if you guys are interested, head on over to One Call's website at, one call tech, at www.onecalltech.com or give them a call at 888-585-8850 and tell them that the Draft Lounge sent you over there. But AJ, what do you want to hear from me first this week, man? You want to hear me talk about wide receivers? You want to hear me talk about running backs or tight ends? Because I can do them all and I hate them all. You know, I mean, I, I actually hate them all too, myself. I mean, in this draft too, myself. But like, you know, start with the running backs though. I, I kind of want to hear your running back rankings first and then we can go in from the, to the wide, wide receivers and then the tight ends. Because like, I think that's where I rank my from worst to the worstest. Yeah, so for me, running back is definitely like the most hit or miss in this draft. I think there is a lot of talent at the running back position. I just don't know how many running backs there actually are, if that makes sense. Like there's not a ton of guys that are out there, I think, in this in this running back list that I think can like be drafted and immediately take over a starting role. Like I think a lot of these guys <clears throat> will have to work their way into a proper role on their rosters. Um, so for me, I have a 1A, 1B. For me, Najee and Etienne are essentially at the same level for me. Um, there's so much knock. People want to knock Etienne for staying this past year, staying at Clemson. If he came out of, in last year's draft class, like that would have just bolstered that draft class via, like at the running back position even more. Um, but when you look at the tape, like all of the talent is still there. Clemson's offense ran a little bit differently this year. Um, obviously, with Lawrence missing some games due to some of the COVID stuff, like it, the offense just functioned a little bit differently than it had in years past. But Travis Etienne still looked as good as he has. Um, there's obviously some knocks on him. People want to, you know, he's a little bit older. He's, um, you know, he's a four year college guy um, or five year college guy, even. I could be wrong on that. Um, the, the biggest knock that I see on him is that he, is scared when the ball gets thrown his way, which I don't see a ton of personally. I don't really see it affecting him that much at the next level. Um, and Najee is a guy who uh, he's in seat. Uh, obviously he's probably the best pure runner in the class. He's got some of the best hands in the class too, even though he hasn't been used in like a true pass catching role. But for me, you, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those guys. Like obviously fit is going to be a big thing. I, you know, for me, like I have Najee is probably like, my running back like 15 to 20 like in that range of like if you at, like factor him into current running backs but if Najee goes to Pittsburgh he's flying into maybe even my top 10 like I think like it, fit is so dependent on this year's running back class that I think that's going to have a big impact on where the a lot of these guys ultimately end up either successful or where they end up in the rankings um, and then my three is probably everybody's three you know, he's, or at least my top three is pretty much everybody's top three in whatever order you have. And that's Javante Williams. Obviously he's a super talented guy. I'm hearing a lot of David Montgomery comparisons with him, which I could see. Um, when you look at Williams film, obviously there's not a ton of it, but he's shown the ability to be a super productive runner. If, if given the chance, 
Um, and I think that he can continue to impress. And I think he could, you know, fall into a starting role and really take over. Um, obviously, again, it's going to be positionally or, you know, uh, team dependent. Whichever team he lands on, it's going to, that's where it's really going to impact things. Yeah, man. I like Devonta Williams a lot. So remind me, he comes out of North Carolina, right? Correct. Yeah. I think, you know, that bowl game that North Carolina played, you know, when they both opted out of that bowl game, I think it really affected their um, ability to play. And Sam Howell was just a, a ghost. Not mm. really a ghost. He was really clueless back there in that bowl game. So, I mean, if I think if Javante Williams played or even if the running back, even if the other running back played, I think both of them are really talented or not equally talented or probably close together there. Um, but you know, Javante Williams, I mean, if, if he can be had in like the second round for a uh, for a team out there, that'd be pretty cool. You know, uh, like like you said, um, Dale Montgomery, um, you know, um, another guy that I would like to compare him to is like, I don't know if you agree with me on this. So it's like kind of like a Zach Moss type guy, Devin Singletary type guy. Uh, not not as quick. I don't know. But like, you know, David Montgomery has been ha- has been seen working on his speed and stuff he's not as that like you know as soon as he gets into the secondary he's he doesn't have that burst of speed i don't think javante williams has that burst of speed either but like i haven't seen the combine numbers or anything but like does he have that closing speed if he want like that chris johnson speed or like even um just like a four four speed to i guess let's say if like a saquon speed mm-hmm. yeah i mean i don't think he's gonna be you know on the same level as some of those elite guys um obviously those guys are elite for a reason um, I do. So the, a comp that I've seen that I actually kind of agree with, um, I see Javante potentially being like a Frank Gore style of guy. Um, you know, he can be, a, he can be a tough runner. He can be a downhill runner. He doesn't have like that top end speed of like those elite of elites. Um, but he's got a really well-rounded skill set. I think he can do pretty much anything in an NFL offense if you need him to. Um, and I think I, don't, I obviously he may not have the longevity of a Frank Gore. He's not, he may not play in the NFL for what is it, 18 years or some crazy number like that? Like at the rate that Gore's going, he's probably going to play that long. Teams are going to keep giving him a contract to at least be a backup. But, you know, he's he's a guy who I think can be very productive in an NFL offense. And that's where the rest of the guys that are on this list, that's where they're kind of all over the place. Like there's guys with elite talents. So, for example, my four, Elijah Mitchell, he's probably the most explosive, most athletic running back in this class, but I don't know how confident I am in being him being a full-time running back. Um, you know, he's yeah. a, he's a one cut runner at best for me. Like he, if he goes left and right, East and West, um, that's where he can get himself into some trouble. Um, he's a good ball carrier. He, you know, he doesn't fumble a ton. Um, he's obviously, like I said, super athletic and explosive. So he's a guy where, you know, if you pair his speed with a guy like a Javante Williams skill set, you're looking at an elite elite running back potentially, but Mitchell for me, he's probably, you know, the guy that I'm happy to have him at four. But like I said, like the four through 10 here is it's, it's a, it's a shit show. It's, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I think the top three is what you mentioned as Travis Etienne. I mean, I think he's, he's my favorite running back in this draft. I think he's going to be that, you know, like up to that DeAndre Swift, Swift type level running back and could be that explosive type running back for any team that drives him. That's um, that's going to be up there in the first round. Um, then you have Najee, who is um, who is slowly closing that gap, and he's for sure closing that gap. And then we just talked about the third guy, Javante Williams, who's like I just looked up his forty times. It's a four five five. 
right? That's not like you know, it's not like Saquon speed by any means or anything like Najee Harris speed by any it's, means. It's so. not elite, but it's it's not bad. Like people, it's not, I it's not bad. No, it's not 40, 40 speed to an extent. Like um, Jake, who we had on last week, could probably, you know, expound on this a little bit more. But from a lot of the the analytical stuff that I've seen, um, for the, uh, let me clarify this here. For for those who don't know, my rankings are film first. Um, so I look at the film first and then I look at a lot of the analytical stuff to back it up. So we're looking at breakout age. We're looking at dominator ranking um, and we're looking at, you know, historical probabilities of some of these attributes hitting yeah. like 40 speed to an extent matters. You obviously a four, eight running back is not going to succeed as a, as a lead back in the NFL, but like the four, four to four, six range, it's, it is almost from what I've seen anyway, it's almost negligible in terms of fantasy success. So you know, guys who fall in that range. So him falling into that range, like you don't need, like, obviously it's nice to have an ex- a, a breakout running back who can break those 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 yard runs, but you can be a successful NFL offense without that, especially what we've seen. Passing is the more important part of football right now. Running is still nice. Running is a good change of pace. It can open up some lanes for your passing offense, but passing is key right now. So if you have a running back that can get you six, seven, eight yards pretty consistently, that's just as valuable as a guy who's going to go two, 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 and then 40. Like, Yeah. And also it's not like, uh, I mean, like the only four, the only four, four, five true guy in this class is Travis Etienne. Then it really just drops off from there. I mean, like, it's not like Najee. Najee is a four or five guy. And then uh, Javante was is a four or five, five guy. So it's really close. Uh, I mean, like I, I saw Javante as more as a power back. So he could actually, you know, um, uh, tire down defenses and stuff. So, I mean, I, he could, if you give him the ball, get those four or five yards. I mean, I, I, I would compare him in, com- compare him, compare him to a little bit more like Wayne, Wayne Gallman a little bit, you know, like he could, like you see what he did in New York behind a poor offensive line. He pushed offensive linemen into defensive mm-hmm. linemen on, on the opposite line of the, op- the scrimmage. Right. And he pushed these guys and he got those four or five yards. So, I mean, you know, that that could probably be my comp. Uh, comp. I mean, Wayne Gallman, well, I think he went in the third or second round from out of Clemson, I think. So you can correct me on that. But, you know, that could be my comp there for Javante Williams. Yeah, um, I could see it. Um, I think I think their skill sets do differ a little bit, but yeah, kind of the same thing you're talking about, like the, the ability to be kind of downhill runners. It's, it's definitely there with both guys. Um, I think that Williams is better than Gallman, personally. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, it, 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 if if Williams ended up as a guy like Gallman, like Gallman put up good numbers last year, like you said, behind a bad yeah. offensive line. There, he's not, he's not, you know. Again, he's a guy who who can be a workhorse without necessarily being an elite running back, and that's fine in today's offense. That's perfectly fine, and especially for fantasy relevance. Like, if he's gonna have a thousand yard season and he catches thirty ish passes, like he's gonna put up good running back numbers, and and there's that's a skill set that he does have. Um, and speaking of Williams, you can't talk about Williams without talking about, you know, another guy who was coming out of the exact same offense in Michael Carter, who's my running back five. I think Carter, his big knock is his lack of size. You know, he measured at five, seven and seven eighths, 202 pounds. So he's a bit of a smaller running back that obviously adds some concerns, especially from the NFL sector where they're more focused on size. They want guys who can last. They want guys who are meant to take hits. Um, and as we've seen, like, you, it, it's hard for guys to succeed in the NFL if they're not elite pass catchers. 
at that weight. I do think that Carter can catch well out of the backfield. I do think his route running is more crisp than some. Um, he's not, I'm not going to say he's an elite route runner by any means, um, but I think he can do a little bit of everything, which is nice. He reminds me, and skill set wise, I don't know if it's a fit, but I think in the NFL, I could really see him being used as like a Jamal Williams type role, um, where if he's the two, he's the like the second running back in an offense, like they can put him in in any situation and he can do it well enough. Um, he's not going to be like, like we're saying, like he's not a super bursty guy. He's not a guy who's going to take off um, and just see a small hole and take the ball 80 yards, but he can, he can find those holes. He does have good bursts. He has, you know, the ability, he's a decent blocker. He's, um, is he's got, you know, he's patient behind the line of scrimmage. He's got good awareness. Um, I don't see him being a star by any means, but I see him being a very competent member of an offense. And he definitely, you know, he could give you RB two, RB three numbers in deep leagues. Um, if he's in the right situation. And then as we move on from him, um, this is where things really start to get weird for me. Um, because this is where my rankings really started letting some things take over um, as opposed to me just using strictly film. Um, for me, my six is Kenneth Gainwell um, out of Memphis. I think Gainwell, he's a super talented guy. I mean, he's the reason that we saw Antonio Gibson line up at wide receiver so much. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy who he clearly has the talent. He's clearly got the skill set. He's not the biggest guy in the world, obviously. Um, but, and he opted out of 2020, which definitely doesn't help his, his position there either. Um, but he, he's got good burst. He, he, my problem is with him. Um, he seems like a one speed guy to me. Like he, he's like a go and he doesn't have like as much agility or shiftiness as we have some of these other guys. He does have a good stutter step. Um, good running back vision, good football IQ. Um, again, a guy who I think in the right situation could be pretty successful. And then as we break down my last four guys, I don't want to take too long on running backs just because we got the other positions to get to. Um, I've got my running back seven is Trey Sermon. I really liked what I saw this past year out of him. I think he really turned a corner. Um, Kylan Hill is my eight. Again, a guy who I think is maybe underappreciated in some circles, but I think he can do you know a lot of things really well. Um, we have Jarrett Patterson, who I think is probably the second or third best pure runner in the class. Again, he's got the size concerns. He wasn't used as a pass catching back, and that's you know what something he's really going to have to do well to succeed in an NFL offense. Like you could picture him in a Philip Lindsay type role, but he's got to catch ball, the ball as well as Philip Lindsay has. And outside of a few videos of him catching passes without pads and shorts and a t-shirt on a football field, like we really haven't seen him use in a huge pass catching situation. And then my 10, my RB 10 is Chuba Hubbard. Um, top end speed. He can be, you know, he's, he's one of the faster guys in this class. Um, if not the fastest guy in this class without pulling 40 speeds right in front of me here. Um, you know, he's definitely a guy who I think can put up good numbers in an offense, but he needs to be behind a good line. He's probably more line dependent in my opinion. And when you talk about Chuba, there's two Chuba Hubbards that you have to talk about. You have to look at the 2019 Chuba Hubbard who led all of FBS and carries and rushes. And then you have to look at the Chuba Hubbard that we saw in 2020 who did not get that volume, did not have, was not as productive. He's obviously got some, some fumble concerns as well with him. So, you know, he's, he's got the skill set to warrant being in my top 10, but I've got enough concerns with him that I, I'll put some of these other guys in front of him. Um, obviously we're going to post all these rankings after the show today. And I'd love to hear what everybody has to say about them, but that's how my running running backs break down. Again, I don't love this class. I love, love, love this class for wide receivers. 
I don't love this class for running backs and tight ends. Yeah, that's like if we had to rank these, um, you know, uh, the running back class is kind of boring. It just drops off after Javante Williams there. Um, but I just wanted to, I just I just took a couple of notes as you were talking. You know, Michael Carter, um, like you said, you know, it's more like, you know, like North Carolina's offense, like if I watched it correctly, and I, and I won so many bets on the money line because of this, um, because their ability to come back and stuff, Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this game, they they came back and won that game, and then the week after, I think a couple weeks after, um, they tried to come back, and they couldn't. They just came back short. But where Michael Carter finds himself in that offense, or found himself in that offense, rather, he's entering the draft, um, he is more of a quick burst guy, like Jake said, and that's basically it. I think Michael Carter is probably going to go in the fifth or sixth round. Like He's probably going to just slide off. He's not going to be – a day two or early day three guy in the fourth round. There is a lot of value to be found in this draft, especially on the defensive side of the ball, which we'll get to in the next week and stuff. But um, yeah, five to uh, five to six round, uh, five to six round value for him. But the other guy that you mentioned out of Memphis, Kenneth Gamewell, um, I think I think he could be drawing like similar similarities to Antonio Gibson. So he could probably be had in like round three. So I mean, you know, I, I think I think and personally Antonio Gibson has um not sorry, not Antonio Gibson. Um Kenneth Gainwell has those traits of Antonio Gibson that could um um help any team a little elect um electric wise on the speed side of things. Yeah, man. I've made a promise to myself that I'm not gonna compare anybody in this year's draft class to Antonio Gibson just because I think I do think he's a really special talent. Um but like you're saying with Gainwell, like he can do a little bit of everything, which is why I think he'll be a valuable piece in an NFL offense. Um, I've seen some crazy comparisons of him to the guys like, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, like some of these top, top running backs. in the Yeah. Like obviously he can be a pass catching back. He can be used in very similar roles, I think, but he's not to McCaffrey's skill set. There's a reason that McCaffrey was a, you know, a collective first round pick and Gainwell, what he's gonna go in the third or fourth, maybe third, fifth. Or he like, go, like, he's gonna he's gonna be a second or third day guy. Like yeah. most of these running backs are going to be second or third day guys, unless somebody gets really wild and buying into the speed and explosiveness of some of these guys. But you know, the yeah. draft capital is just not gonna be there for a lot of these running backs. I think you can make an argument for you know, you'll see Najee and Etienne is probably you know round one, two picks, but I, I think Williams could I could see Williams falling to the third round just because there's not a ton of teams that have a big need at running back. And this is probably a good time for this class to be bad um, just because there is such a, you know, out, like off the top of my head, like teams that really need a running back, you're looking at what Pittsburgh, maybe Miami, New York, the Jets, but they always need a running back. They always like, need a running like back. Like you're though. looking at a handful of teams that really have a, a, a desperate need at running back. And I just think you like, I just don't see a lot of these guys becoming you know, huge pieces of an NFL offense. Obviously, if an injury happens, that changes things. Hey, Rhino. Um, uh, in an injury can change a lot of things. Uh, and I'll, that's why I think a lot of these guys are probably not going to start right away. They're going to be, you know, second fiddle to whoever's in their offense, and they're going to have to take advantage of an injury if one comes. Yeah, I mean, like, you're right, Jake. I mean, like, maybe maybe I'm just jumping the gun a little bit too quick on this RB class a little bit. I mean, you're probably right. It's probably not wise to compare – um, anyone to Antonio Gibson. I like that guy a lot, though. 
Oh, I have him in pretty much every league that yeah, I can. Yeah. I, I've I've reached for him, and I, I I believe in the talent there. You know, he had a fifty per, like a nearly about fifty percent snap share last year, and still put up RB two numbers. He got hurt. He He's got not. hurt, and that's why I dropped him. Yeah, I I, I, I never did that. Him. I couldn't be, but like that's the thing. I I ended up paying the price and lost my league. Ended up being in third place, but I mean. Damn, he's he's good. He's good. He does. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he improved on his fumbling issues, right? Um, he's good on that front. I think he's going to have a great second year, man. Just just I mean, think about this real quick. Yeah, he was PPR running back thirteen, barely playing half of his team snaps. How yeah. can you tell me this guy is not going to be a running back one next year? You could say touchdown regression. I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Um, like. This man is insane. He's insanely talented. He Good. obviously has the skill set to succeed in the NFL. And if he gets a full snap share this year, he's he's going to do crazy things. Um, but moving on, uh, I'm going to go on to the tight ends just because it's kind of short and sweet. As I've said, um, it's not a it's not a very deep tight end class. Um, and when it comes to fa- fantasy relevance, I think there's a handful of these guys that are going to be relevant. Um, so I'm only talking about seven tight ends in my rankings here. Um, so my wide receiver, I mean, tight end one is Kyle Pitts. Um, as, as I implied right there, he would be my wide receiver one if he was a wide receiver, which is basically what he is. Even if he comes to the NFL, um, and, and performs at, you know, a Darren Waller level, like that's, that could be what he's used at where he's pulled for, you know, design run plays. He's pulled on, you know, on, on plays where he's not running a route. He still has the potential to be a top four tight end in football as a, in a year or two. Like he, his skill set's insane. We haven't seen a tight end like him in a while with the same skill set. Um, we've seen him before, but again, it's not you know the most common thing in the world. He's got all the potential in the world, and I'm treating him as such. Uh, my tight end too is Brevin Jordan. Um, he's a guy I think is a little bit more well rounded. He can block a little bit better. Still has some concerns when it comes to blocking. Um, my only real concern with Jordan is I think if in the right offense, he can succeed, but there were times where if you're watching him, it almost seems like when he was running his route and he would turn for the ball, it was almost like he lost it and he let the ball get too deep on his hands and he, he caught it a little too close to the body for my liking. But that being said, I do still think he's got a fit in an NFL offense and I do still think he can, he, he can succeed in the NFL um, tight end three, Pat Fryermuth. Um, we've heard, you know, NFL executives, and he said that NFL executives have talked to him and said that he they feel like he's a, th- a true three down tight end or a true, you know, a true tight end that can play every snap. He's a, he's a good blocker. He's got the ability to run routes. He can catch the ball. He can do good things when the ball's in his hands. I almost would. Him and Jordan are real neck and neck for me. You could almost make an argument for me to put Pat in front of uh, Jordan here. Uh, tight end four, Yeboah. Um, he's got a lot of talent. He's got, you know, a lot of potential. Um, I, we haven't seen as much production out of him. Um, but wait, 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 Jake, what's his name? You said what? Uh, uh, Kenny Yeboah. Okay. Ken, uh, because he said Yeboah. I didn't hear the Kenny part. Okay. Sorry. Go on, go on. Yeah. Kenny Yeboah out of Ole Miss. He's a big dude. He's like 6'4", 250. Uh, he was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was, uh, uh, he played a lot of positions in high school and then put on some weight in college to, I won't slander the man's last name. That's it. It's Y E B O A H. It's pretty, it's, it's not as bad as it seems. Um, but he's not the most athletic guy in the world. He's not the, he's a, a decent route runner, but he's, 
I still think he's got a lot of potential. I think his his size and his skill set could translate well to an NFL offense. Um, he's you know he's a he's a physical guy when he wants to be. Um, I think you know there's going to be some concern on how dedicated he is to consistently blocking, consistently making plays. But as you see in this tight end class, like there's questions with literally every single one of them. Um, like the next guy that I'm going to talk about, he's another guy with a ton of concerns as a tight end. Like these guys, there's a lot of project tight ends in this class. And that's where, you know, that's why I only went to seven. Like there's no point in me talking about a bunch of project guys. Um, if you look at my next guy, um, Hunter Long out of Boston College, um, he's got a lot of potential. You know, he's probably one of the more natural pass catchers in this class. Um, he's a good blocker as well. I think probably one of the, you know, more underrated blockers in this class. I think he's got a comparison to me of like a, a, like a Harrison Bryant type guy. Like he can catch the ball really well. He can block when he needs to. He's not going to be flashy. He's not going to be like your superstar tight end, but who is a superstar tight end in football anymore? Like there's four of them. Um, you know, you're, you're so three kind of, yeah. Like you're, you're looking at a handful of guys who have a lot of NFL success um, right now. But I think Long can, you know, find a role in an offense and he can he can put up some some really good numbers if you need him to. Um, you know, he's got the potential. He's got the size. It's, it's just a matter of putting it all together at the NFL level um, and, you know, really succeeding. He's a good talent. Hopefully he does put, uh, put it together. I think I think I, I think he could, you know, like if a team that actually does bode well, um, like actually throw their offense around a tight end and actually operate out of a U tight end or a wide tight end thing. I think he can play them both. So, I mean, you know, if anyone needs a tight end, Chicago, later around, this is the guy to go get one. Um, you know, I mean, he can block pretty well from what I saw. You know, when we, when we played Notre Dame in Boston College, I remember that game being hella close, and Hunter Long was um, a couple – had a couple of receptions in the first half, and I think Notre Dame pulled away in the second half because, you mm-hmm. know, Boston College can't hang around. So, I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, but like you know, he's a he's a good he's a good pick. He's he, I, I like him at five, and you know, hopefully he can help a team out. Yeah, like like you're saying here, like as we're saying with a lot of these guys, like these guys are looking to make the rosters like second or third tight ends at this point, yeah. and they're they're have to they're gonna have to put it together at the NFL level to show uh, you know a lot of success. Um, my tight end six is Trey McKitty out of Georgia. Um, he's got the size to be a good tight end. He's got you know the you know, he's, he's, he's football smart. He knows what he's doing. Um, he knows how to catch the ball in stride. Um, he, he, he goes out and gets the ball. He doesn't let the ball get too close to his body on the catches, which is great. Um, he, he blocks pretty well, all things considered. His big problem is, is he's got, uh, again, he's like a one go guy. Like he's a speed guy. He can, he hits his gear and then he's, he's there. He's not a guy who's going to, you know, he's not a burst guy. He's not going to catch the ball on a screen and take it 30 yards. Um, he's not going to be, you know, the best blocker on the field, he's not going to be, you know, he's obviously wasn't the most productive tight end in football by any means in, in college. So he's got potential to be a good asset at the NFL level. Again, another guy who's just got to put it together. And then my tight end seven is Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame. Um, probably the best pure blocker in the class. And that's the only reason that I'm can, I'm even considering him for this list. He didn't, obviously he didn't have the production at the college level. He had what, like 45 catches over his two years. Um, Like he, he, he doesn't have the production there, but the Notre Dame offense doesn't need their tight end to be productive like that to, to succeed. They need blocking tight ends in that offense. And he does that so well that I think he can carve out a role 
as being a guy who is just on the field and maybe he catches, you know, a decent amount of passes there. There's such, like I said, the tight end's such a crapshoot as it is. And this draft class isn't any better with that. So yeah. I think with, you know, at the position, like these seven guys are about as good as it gets. And I think everybody else, you know, you could make arguments for like, you're going to have some guys who are faster. You're going to have some better pass catchers, but these are the seven guys that I really think are going to get drafted and potentially make an impact in the next few, like three or four or five years. Yeah. I like Tommy Tremble a lot. I like whatever Notre Dame produces. Cause I also went Same. there and you know, I love Notre Dame football, you know um, you know, Tony. Yeah, I think you're right, Jake. He's a, he's a pure blocker and also Terry McKitty, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a one speed type of guy. Um, you know, like if he could try to be, like a guy that could just like just go and catch whatever that is coming to him. Perfect. Um, so, uh, another thing about Tony Tremble is that like he has the benefit of like, you know, tight ends coach over there. There's a lot of like um, tight end NFL talent coming out of Notre Dame. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Michael Meyer, Mayer, Meyer, Mayer, whatever it is. Like um, he's the um, up and coming tight end there. So uh Soon he'll be a first round pick too, but like, not by any means. Tommy Tremble will be one, but like Tommy Tremble is going to help a team out um, that is that that's going to be looking for a tight end that can catch a ball here here and there, but like you know that can open up some holes, pause for um, running backs and stuff. So yeah, man, I think you know it's a shitty tight end class. Like, let's just be frank about it. Um, obviously, obviously the top, I think the top three guys can all be productive in the NFL. It's a lot like running backs. The top three guys can be productive. Everybody else is going to have to carve out a role and hope somebody gets hurt and they, and that they can take over a spot from there. Yeah. Um, these four guys from four to seven are going to have to like, hope that like that team uses them in like the later stages of a game that when they actually need them or like, like you said, someone gets hurt, but like, yeah, dude, like it's a crap shoot from running backs and tight ends ramble. Let's talk about what you love right now, dude. Wide receivers, dude. I love wide receivers in this draft, man. I'm, I'm happy, dude. I can't wait. What do you got? Me too. I do want to give one quick shout out to um, Dynasty underscore Jake on Twitter. He's yeah. the one who opened my eyes to some of these tight ends. Like he, I, I honestly didn't really look at a lot of film for a lot of these guys. Um, but his process has shown that some of these guys do have the potential to be pretty productive. Uh, Yaboa specifically, like he's he's a guy who is high up on on Jake's rankings. And I really like, obviously I like him because his name's Jake. Um, we had him as a guest last week. We'll probably have him as a guest going forward. Uh, but the man, he just, he knows what he's talking about. And that's what we love to see. Um, as we move forward here, you know, I love my, I, I love my wide receivers, especially in this class. One of the deeper, you know, as deep as last year's wide receiver class was like, this one is just as impressive for me. Um, the top three guys, I think teams really can't go wrong with any of these guys. Um, you know, Jamar Chase, wide receiver one. No question there. Pitts would make an argument if he was listed as a wide receiver, but he's not. So Jamar Chase, one, Rashad Bateman, two, uh, and then Rondale Moore, three. Um, I en Enough has been said about these guys that I don't want to really ex expound on it too much. Um, you know, these are guys who have elite potential at the NFL level. Um, you know, my comp for Bateman anyway is like a Keenan Allen. And if you're going to be a top, you know, a wide receiver one like that for every single year, uh, you know, any team's going to be lucky to have them. Um, when we start looking at the wide receivers after that, that's where things start to get a little bit different. And that's where I'm, you know, waiting guys that I like a little bit more. Um, this is where, you know, with wide receivers, my bias towards what I like comes in a little bit more. Um, I'm not as, you know, obviously a lot of people like to talk about like alpha profiles and beta profiles in terms of wide receiver size. 
it's not as big of a deal for me. Um, it is, it obviously is a little bit more, you can be risk averse and you can, you know, follow the, the route of, um, you know, going with those larger wide receivers and to not to say that like I'm fading them by any means, but for me, my wide receiver four is Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace is a guy who came into, you know, he, he fits his offense so well. And the man has put up consistent production year after year. Um, he, he's a guy that, he just never stops impressing you. If you watch his tape, like he's listed, he, I think this, I don't know if he's listed at this weight or if this is what he came in at, at his pro day, but 5'11, 193. So he's not a world beater when it comes to size. You know, his, his speed's not elite, um, but he's a guy who can do just about anything on an offense. He can line up in the slot, he can line up outside. He sells his route well. He has some of the best sluggo routes. If you watch his film that I have seen in, in quite some time. Just the way that he, he can, you know, the way he sells his route. Again, a guy that I was talking about, he catches the ball away from his body. He can make the catch in stride. He can pick the ball out of the air. He can do just about anything in an NFL offense. We're talking about a guy here who consistently put up, like, he had thousands of yards every single year. Like, he 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 puts up insane numbers. He's one of the best pure pass catchers, in my opinion, in this draft class. So he's my wide receiver four. I've got Elijah Moore as my wide receiver five. The most underrated wide receiver in this draft class, in my opinion, until recently. You can't tell me with his skill set, with how fast he is, with how good he is with the ball in his hands. You can't tell me, as much as it pains us to say this as Bear fans, you put him in a green in the Green Bay offense and you put him in the slot role like Randall Cobb used to do. Oh, him I and Devontae Adams are going to be the best wide receiver duo in football. Like his skill set is insane. The way he tore up SEC defenders, like he consistently you know, he has four, three, five speed. Like he's, he's a super quick receiver. I don't see a way that he's not successful in the NFL unless he suddenly comes out of nowhere and has a bunch of drop problems. Yeah. Elijah Moore, dude. Like, I mean, like I would love, like as a Bears fan, I would love him on the Chicago Bears offense, man. Like, you know, I'm just fantasizing. Like these are players that like, I that could ball on this offense, but our team is too stupid enough to see it. And they're probably just going to pick some other guy that we don't need. Um, but anyways, going back to Elijah Moore, um, you know, like you said, man, if he goes into like any like quarterback heavy office that just loves to throw the football, you know, like L.A., I mean, if they're looking for a wide receiver, Elijah Moore fits their offense really nicely with um, with Cooper Cup, uh, Robert Woods, uh, Matthew Stafford, Cam Akers. Dude, that offense is lit, dude. I think I think the Rams could like could be that dark horse and. I mean, they're not really a dark horse, but like you know, they're they, they're going to surprise a lot of teams out there. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they could be a Super Bowl Super Bowl contender with Matt Stafford if they can get some weapons like Elijah Moore. Another example was like you mentioned was Green Bay. We already know what Aaron Rodgers can do with his guys. Um, if Russell Wilson plans to stick around in Seattle, you know, you get a couple of pieces of the offensive line, and you get Elijah Moore right there. That could be great with Tyler Tyler Lockett. Um, you got um, Elijah Moore in the slot. That could be good for them. I mean. You know, there's a lot of teams out there that like Elijah Moore can be drafted to, and it's a plug and play for them. Yeah, I mean, you look at Moore and you look at what he's done, especially against you know good defensive talent. For a lot of people, J.C. Horn is is probably cornerback two or three in this class. Elijah Moore torched South Carolina with yeah. Horn covering him for a good portion of the game for 13 catches, 225 yards, and two touchdowns. Like the skill set is there. This is a guy who I've watched his tape probably more than anybody's tape in this class. The number of times where he gets 10 or 15 more yards when guys, when most guys, even NFL guys would 
be trying to just take the straight line, but he will cut and he will go towards the sidelines. Like he understands his angles. His football IQ is off the charts. Like he can do so much. I think he can be a super productive member of an NFL offense. Um, and then my wide receiver six um, is Terrace Marshall. Um, like he's a guy, he might be the best wide receiver that nobody outside of dynasty circles really talks about. He might be the first wide receiver ever to legitimately have an argument that he was held back by the guys that were in front of him because the guys that have been in front of him were Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, DJ Chark, like you, like these elite wide receivers, these wide receiver ones in NFL offenses were the guys that were quote unquote holding him back. You look at his tape and his tape is as good as just about anybody else's in this class. He's got the production. He doesn't have the production profile just because he's been a little bit more limited, but we see what the guy does when he gets the ball in his hand. Like he's caught 10 touchdowns last year, you know, in 2019 and 2020 or in 2019 and 13, like the man scores, the man knows what to do when the ball gets in his hand. Like I have no reason to not think he can be a successful wide receiver in an NFL offense. I've seen some guys, you know, Jake, like we were talking about earlier, he's got him as high as wide receiver three. And I really think there's an argument there that, you know, like I said, this is a super deep wide receiver class. There's a lot of talent here. And it, he's a guy that I could definitely see, you know, su- surprising. I hope the Bears get him in like the second or third um, as a little bit of a selfish thing there. But other thing, dude, these these guys are so – dude, like if we got one of these guys, like these, these four, five, or six, or one of those guys on the Bears, dude, that'd be awesome, dude. Like, I, I don't think we're gonna get one of the third, one of the top three guys because, like, yeah, like I don't, I don't know what the hype is around Randall, Randall Moore, and all that stuff. But like, you know, you can get a, you can get a playmaker in Tyler Wallace or Elijah Moore in the second or third round. They can kiss that guy goodbye. You definitely kiss Anthony Miller goodbye if you get one of those two um, players too. Um, but like, you know, I mean, Terrence Marshall is another example of like, you know, like. His skill set was there, but he had elite talent ahead of him. You know, Jamar Chase, DJ Chark, and Justin Jefferson were all, all five-star recruits. No shade on Terrence Marshall because he was a four-and-a-half-star recruit going into LSU, but, like, he didn't step his foot on that Tiger Stadium turf until his junior year, so sadly. So, um, yeah, the talent's there. The skill set's there, just like Elijah Moore, um, and we were able to see it, um, definitely, because uh, – um, Jamar Chase was he was done. I don't know. I don't know if Terrence Marshall wasn't playing. I, I'm pretty sure Terrence Marshall played and Jamar Chase didn't. Yeah. So Marshall Marshall played last year while Chase sat out. And and yes, people, I know that DJ that DJ Chark never actually impacted um Marshall because they weren't, you know, at the the stadium at the same time, playing on the same time. But like that, that's my point though, is this is an offense that's consistently produced elite wide receivers. And I hate that argument that just because a team has put out consistent guys, but LSU knows what they're looking at in wide receivers. Like yeah, that's yeah. that much is clear. Like they very clearly had a lot of success at the NFL level. Um, and, and that's just going to continue. And, and, you know, that's why I'm, I'm so high on Marshall and I think he can be very successful at the next level. Yeah, um, I like when, yeah. When we look at my next four guys, um, you know, these are guys that, some people are going to hate me for having a couple of them so low. Some people are going to hate me for having a couple of these guys so high. It is what it is. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fret about it. I have Tamori Ontario as my wide receiver. What's that? Seven here, eight, seven. 
Um, you know, he's a guy that he, he's a, he's a bigger wide receiver, um, 6'2", 210. He's, he, he can be physical when he needs to be. He could be a little bit of a better blocker, but he's a very consistent pass catcher. He's a guy who, um, you know, he can go up and get it. He can get up there. Man, you are spelling these names wrong. It is great. Is it really? Yeah, you spelled like four in a row wrong. I'm just rolling with it at this point. Hey, man, it's all good. Elijah Um, Moore is wrong. I thought you lied. No, I think you got him right, but I'm just, I'm just messing. Um, but yeah, so Terry, like he's, he's a guy who, again, I think can do just about anything at the NFL level. He's not the fastest guy in the world. He doesn't have the greatest burst, but he's a, he's probably an under, he's an underrated route runner. Um, you know, really good hands, uh, consistent, like I said, consistent pass catcher, just a guy I think could become really successful. Um, as we talked about with, again, I'm just going to keep bringing him up as we talked about with Jake last week. Like I, if I see him, if he could take the Corey Davis role, um, in that Titans offense, um, you know, playing, you know, a more physical style, I think he's probably the guy that probably fits their, their scheme the best. Um, my eight is Devonte Smith. Um, him and Waddle are, are eight and nine for me. So I'll just say them both at the same time. These are guys that obviously have a ton of concerns. Smith, a later breakout age. He doesn't have the size. You know, he keeps saying that he's 170, but he won't get on a scale. I can tell you right now, I'm under 170 pounds. I feel like I'm bigger than him. I like it's obviously he's he's stayed pretty healthy, all things considered. He hasn't, you know, he's he's a tough wide receiver. He's one of the best yak guys. Like get the ball in his hand. He's gonna do some crazy things. Um, I'm so hesitant to put him higher in the list though. I, those size concerns do scare me. I'll admit it. I'm not a size queen. Like I don't care really like the size of guys. Like I said, when, when Bateman came out and it was, he was, you know, six foot and a half as opposed to six feet, two inches. Like I, I don't think he's, you know, that changes his profile a whole ton. Smith obviously has a ton of concerns. It's going to take the right offense to be successful with him. As much as I want to say the Chiefs, I'm not going to say the Chiefs are a good fit for him. Um, but there's there's offenses that I think could use him really well, and he could put be a very productive wide receiver. And then Jalen Waddle, he's a guy who we haven't seen his full potential yet. Uh, I think any team that's really gonna is going after Waddle, you're you're looking at a, a prod. Now, I don't want to say a project, but you're looking at a guy where you're you're projecting forward and you're hoping that the the bursts of of talent that we've seen on tape are consistent. He can stay healthy in your offense. Um, he's a guy that I do think can put up, you know, very good numbers at the NFL level. I think he's a better prospect than, than Henry Ruggs was coming out of the draft. Um, but I still have my concerns and I, I, I don't think I'm not going to have concerns with him. Um, his tape is good though. When he gets the ball again, a guy, when he gets the ball in his hands, like he can do really special things. Um, and I think you have to consider that in these rankings. Like, are there guys that I like more than Waddle? Yes. There's guys whose tape I like more. There's more consistent pass catchers, more risk averse routes, which I would typically tend to go at the wide receiver position. But the man is clearly special when he gets the ball in his hands. He's extremely fast. He's a good route runner. You know, he's got some work that he needs to do, but who doesn't? It, it, like, if we're, if we're being honest, like everybody's got a little bit of work to do. And then my wide receiver 10 is Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC. I know you're going to spell this one wrong. Uh, I can't not give you shit for it. It's all good. Um, all right, I really like. I'll look it up. I, I'll look it up. Go ahead. I really like Amon Ra. You know, he's he's a good playmaker. He he's a good wide receiver. He's a consistent guy. You know, the issue with him is he gets lazy. 
Um, he gets lazy in terms of selling his routes. He gets lazy on turn in terms of his breaks sometimes. Um, he's not a good blocker. He just kind of stands there and that's his blocking. Um, you know, so there's, there's some consistencies. Um, his 2019 tape is definitely better than his 2020 tape. Um, you know, he didn't really elevate. There we go. He didn't really elevate himself. I think in this draft class in in a class that he probably needed to. Um, but you know, he's got all of the, he's got the skill set. And he's got the analytical profile to be a successful wide receiver in the NFL. And that's why I picked him over some of the other guys that are out there. Um, wide receiver, like I said, is the, you know, it's the deepest prospect pool in this class. Um, like I, I'm trying to pull up a list here. Like there's probably plenty of honorable mentions that I didn't even bring up. So some honorable mention guys, um, you know, Jalen Darden, he's a smaller guy. Um, but he's, he's a slot forward guy first, but I think he can be super successful at the next level. Seth Williams has a nice profile of size that I think he could, you know, he's, uh, not like, uh, against JC Horn, like a guy we just talked about, he didn't have the best game in the world, but also, you know, he's got Bo Nix throwing him the football. So you gotta, you gotta factor that in there, but I do think Seth Williams is, good, is a, a good talent. Amari Rogers as well. Like he's a, he's a safer guy for me. I think he can do, you know, you could throw him in the slot. He could fulfill like an Adam Humphreys role where he can do a little bit of everything if you need him to. Um, some guys that I, I really don't like in this class, Kadarius Tony. I like him. I might be lower on him than any other analyst, whatever you want to call me out there. I don't see I don't see anything on tape that makes him stand out over anybody else in this class. Like he's a he was a late production guy. He really only performed this past year. And how much of that was a factor of you know Kyle Pitts being out there with him? I don't like Kadarius Tony. I don't want anything to do with Kadarius Tony. He could be there in the fifth round of my rookie drafts. So I'm still okay in the fifth round. I might take him, but you know otherwise, like I'm just not super high on him. Um, and then there's some guys that people are high on that I don't like. I just don't see it. Like Cornell Powell, he's not bad, but I don't see it. Um, you know, you have guys like Daz Newsome. Again, I just don't see it. Like he's not bad. He could probably be okay. But you know, if I'm looking at a top 10, I'm looking for guys who I really think could be successful and put up really good numbers at the next level. And there's just some guys that I don't see it. And then a couple deep sleepers that I have before I, before uh, we wrap up here, um, Amir Smith Marset out of Iowa. I think he's probably the most underrated wide receiver in this class. Like he can be, He's going to go in like the sixth or seventh round. He's, he could be this draft class as Darnell Mooney. Um, and then um, I have no idea how to pronounce his name, but Josh Imtor Bibi butchered that out of Illinois. Dude's explosive. Dude's got the skill set. He's got, you know, all the physical talent in the world. He's just, a, he's a guy that, you know, that he's going to need to be coached up at the next level, but he's another sleeper of mine where he's going to go late in a lot of, in, 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 in the draft. And I think he's going to go, he's probably going to go undrafted in a lot of rookie drafts, but I do think the potential is there for him to be successful at the next level. Again, you know, we've seen, but here, here's, here's the concern with him too, is it's the same concern that I have with a lot of these guys. How many guys have we seen come out of the, of college with an elite skill set? you know, they're explosive, they're fast. They, they, you know, all of this fun stuff that, that alone does not translate to success at the next level. Like they have to be good route runners. They have to create separation. There's minimal to no wasted movement in their routes. Like there has to be so much that goes right for these guys. Like that's where I'm comfortable putting a guy like Elijah Moore ahead. There's no wasted time. There's no wasted movements. The man finds his hole. He finds where he wants to go and he gets there. He doesn't quadruple stutter step and then jiggle over there he's not faking out to go in if he doesn't have to like he's a guy he goes here's my hole 
I'm going for it. Yeah. Where, you know, and, you know, we need to see a lot of these guys make that jump at the next level to truly be successful. But that wraps up my rankings. We will post them on our, our Twitter after this. You guys can tell me how right or wrong I am. I, I love arguing in the comments. So sure. definitely don't hesitate to argue with me. If you think there's anybody I forget, let me know. I admit that I haven't watched everybody's tape. You know, if you've got some good tape for any of these guys, if you want, I, I'm going to keep, you know, my rankings evolved. Um, once we see the NFL draft as well, um, once, you know, we see where these guys end up, I'll probably revise some of these rankings as well. Cause I, like I said, I do think a lot of guys are landing spot dependent, but you know, just let me, I, I want to know what you guys think. Yeah, man. I mean, like the, the thought that I was holding on before you, um, before you went on from your, uh, your honorable mentions, your dishonorable mentions of your wide receivers. The last good class of wide receivers, like, guess what it was? Like, I think I think it was before the year that Amari Cooper got drafted. It was 2014 where you had uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, Mike Evans come out, Odell Beckham come out, uh, Devontae Adams, Sammy Watkins, and Allen Robinson, guys like that. Um, that made a phenomenal difference to what it is right now. I mean, all of those guys are, I mean, right? I mean, like, all right, fine. Excluding Brandon Cooks, maybe Sammy Watkins and John Brown, right? The other guys are substantially pretty good in the league right now. So. Hey, man, Cooks is perpetually underrated, in my opinion. And he's but, underrated too. He can like have 160 yards and like three touchdowns this this one week, dude. The man like consistently puts up wide receiver two numbers, and everybody fades him to like wide receiver 40 something in drafts. And it's, it's I'll take all the value I can get. Yeah, dude. That that. I think I think like his ability. Like I, I think where, where was he? He was uh, just recently in Houston, right? Yeah, he's still there. Yeah. Um, oh, he's still there. So I mean, like, yeah. I, I mean, pending situation of what happens to Deshaun Watson. I mean, hopefully Deshaun Watson remains his quarterback. Um, otherwise, like, I don't know where his production is going to go. But like, four hundred and two receptions, five thousand and seven hundred and thirty yards, and thirty four touchdowns for Brady Cooks. Some good numbers. You, I think you're looking at, at older numbers. Yeah, you were looking. So the yeah, numbers that you have are pre. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's the man has put Maybe. up a thousand yards every year that he's been fully healthy in the NFL, except for 2019. Okay. Like he, he's a perpetually underrated wide receiver. Like he can do a lot of really good things and he's going to be, I, he's going to continue to be successful, but enough about uh, these, uh, these veteran guys. We're not talking about them this week. We'll get a, a whole nother episode on underrated uh, guys that I think are underrated in the NFL. But we want to thank you guys for checking out the Draft Lounge. Make sure you go follow us. Follow our uh, our uh, lovely network here at Lounge Room Net. Um, make sure you check out our sponsor, One Call Tech, again. Um, I'm your host, Jake. I want to thank you guys all for checking out the episode this week. Um, make sure that you check out us on all of our platforms. We're available, obviously, live streaming here right now through our uh, through our Twitter profile, but we're also available on Spotify and iTunes as well. So make sure you guys check us out there. I want you guys to stay home and stay comfy. And AJ, you take it away. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, listening to us, guys. Uh, we appreciate you. We wow. We appreciate you guys. Wow, the, the alcohol is kicking in. Take three. We appreciate all of you guys. Stay home, stay comfy. I'm taking Jake's line. Have a great day. Bye.